This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. And then everyone said, Jabroni. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner. The man who lost an arm wrestling contest to me, and it has over 90 million views on YouTube. Incomparable Jeremy Laws. Jay, what's up, dude? I can't believe you bring that up. I mean, 90 I million. We said we were going to bury that. 90 I, million I can't people, believe you bring that up. 90 million people have seen it, so I figured, what's another couple thousand? Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting that response from you. I thought you were going to be more combative, and you just accepted it, which was fantastic. We are, of course, <laughs> we are of course brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at BetOnline.ag and Thera1CBD. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts, and if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and if you're feeling spicy. Leave a review and our Spotify people hit us with that follow. Help us climb those charts. Please make sure that you subscribe and like our YouTube channel. It's two jabronis with a wrestling podcast. You can see our beautiful faces. Um, well, my beautiful face and you get to see Ben's ugly mug. Go to hell. Uh, make sure that you also follow, follow us on social. You can follow us at two jabronis pod on Twitter and on Instagram and within the BR app. Uh, we keep saying we're going to go for that belt, but we're just allowing some jabronis to hold that belt for us before we actually like lean in and actually get it. So we're coming for that BR belt sooner or later. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss. I have really great takes, and I talk a lot about the Padres, so that's a good Twitter feed. And oh, if you want to listen to Ben cry about the Warriors, you can follow him at Cruise Control. That's Control with K. Yeah, I'm really going to cry about three championships in five years. Woo! Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, why you got to bring it up? Hey, you, you're, you're, your team's on a little title run. Now they've, they've kind of figured it out, so I don't feel bad anymore. How about that? Enough of that. That's true. We have a great <laughs> guest on today's show. Um, we had an amazing wrestling weekend. S- SmackDown, SummerSlam, TakeOver, Dynamite. Four huge shows over the weekend. We, we had our, our SummerSlam recap show drop uh yesterday i believe or you're since you're listening to this tomorrow two days ago so go check that out if you haven't already but today we have a huge huge guest and he is the main event but not only the main event he is the reason why 
we stick to wrestling. And we should talk about it. I think we should stick to wrestling. And for this week's Stick to Wrestling, we are joined by one of the most respected and important wrestling journalists in the world right now. And the only reason, the only reason he wasn't on sooner was we had Alex McCarthy and Louis Danger on a few weeks ago and people started accusing us of wishing Hamilton ended with the UK retaining control of the United States. But he is here now. You didn't <laughs> see it coming like Roman Reigns, except you did see it coming because I tweeted it earlier on Twitter. He is the legend himself from Sports Kita Wrestling, Gary Cassidy. Welcome to Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast, my friend. Thank you so much. I don't think I've had an intro quite like that and definitely not one with the little Hamilton reference in there. I'm trying <laughs> Still very clear of that, so I don't upset anyone. But also, um, yeah, I can't complain at being, you know, on a, a show where you've had Alex McCarthy, someone that I am a huge admirer of, good friend and a lovely guy, and also Louis Danger, one of the most up-and-coming journalists in the whole game right now. So I know that I'm following in some pretty big foot, footsteps, but thank you guys for having me on. And, and just to be clear, we don't think you're third. We think you're all 1A, <laughs> B, and C. It was just a, it was just a logistics thing. You know, we can have you on at the same time. It was the, we we wanted you all to shine. You guys are collecting baseball cards, and you've got all the good ones, but you need that last rubbish one to complete there it the is. collection. <laughs> I love that last rubbish one. <laughs> I like that. I like that reference. Um, so the first question we always like to ask our guests when they when they hop on here is, where, what is your wrestling fan origin story? Because uh, everyone who listens to our show knows Jeremy and I are children of the Attitude Era, and we've we've been sucked in ever since, and we haven't been able to let this thing go. So what is it? Or what was it? What moment? What wrestler? Whatever was it that sucked you into this world of professional wrestling? So I really wish that I could tell you. And um, for transparency, I was born in 1990. Okay. So I really wish that I could tell you. You know, when I was like four or five years old, I was already this great wrestling historian <laughs> and all that nonsense. Obviously, I was four years old. Right. At that point, I was attracted to, you know, the, the big, colorful characters, the larger-than-life characters. I should also mention that my favorite band is Kiss, so anything with face paint was great. Oh, you're in. Anyone okay. in a mask. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Every, you know, anything that was a big character. So I remember having, you know, like the, the I think they're called Wrestle Buddies, and it was Hulk Hogan, Ult Ultimate Warrior. The Cabbage Patch Dolls? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's that's like the first memory I've got is those and the figures. But it's kind of a cheating answer because it was really the colors that attracted to me. I didn't really know anything about wrestling. The actual answer is when I got to around nine or ten years old, obviously Attitude Era is, you know, a big thing yep. then. But the two people that I remember really gravitating towards and... I probably shouldn't have been watching one of them. One was Sting from WCW. Sure. And obvious, I've mentioned Kiss, so you'll get why the Sting thing is there, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the, the film yeah. <laughs> not a million miles away. Uh, the other one was Taz, because I somehow ended up seeing wow. ECW when I was nine years old. So okay. yeah, I've always been a massive mark for Taz. <laughs> oh I like man, that. I used to love like sneaking off and watching some ECW late at night, because it would come <laughs> on at like one or two in the morning. So like, I would find a way to actually watch it and sing Taz was awesome. It's a big Sandman fan too, too, during the ECW days. So, yeah. Um, so obviously we're coming off of SummerSlam weekend and, and SummerSlam and takeover actually had some pretty solid reviews. I actually really enjoyed both shows. What were your thoughts overall on the, on, on the weekend? And could you definitely like, 
could you include dynamite in your assessment on the weekend as yeah. well? I mean, obviously they put over uh, the dark order pretty huge on Saturday night. I think even, um, I think it's worth mentioning. I really liked SmackDown as well, just because the Thunderdome was, you know, new and fresh. I feel like the progression, it's a lot better than it was on Friday, but I still liked it on Friday. Saturday, um, again, full transparency. I watched NXT Live and then AEW afterwards. Right, yeah. Because there was a little thing, you know, outside the US where Dynamite was showing one hour later um, than it oh, was interesting. in the US. Okay. Yeah. So obviously I was watching the live one first. Probably would have watched TakeOver anyway because it's TakeOver. Um, mm-hmm. But I really liked TakeOver. I think we're at this point now where we've been super spoiled with TakeOver. So I think any criticism is being really nitpicky. Right. Um, <laughs> for me, you know, I won't go too much into it. I would have rather Velveteen Dream wasn't on the show. Um, that's just a personal opinion yep. there. Um, but for me, the matches were really good. The ladder match, ironically, was my favourite match. Um, and I really liked, you know, Finn Balor, Tim Thatcher. Absolutely brilliant. The main event, I liked it. I, I kept saying before it, I was doing a little um, couple of preview shows and I kept saying, Keith Lee will lose, but it will be the last time we see him in NXT. He'll go to Raw SmackDown. I maybe wasn't so convinced it would be so soon. Kind of glad it was, but I guess we'll get into that. And... That- um, that to, to hit on the on the main event, that match felt a little off to me. It felt like they weren't hitting on all cylinders. It just felt like they were maybe one or two steps behind each other, and it just didn't have the uh, the synchronization that I would expect from like a Keith Lee match and a Karrion Cross match because they're both really really great. But it just felt a little off to me. Did you get yeah. that sense watching it? A little bit. Um, for me, I was kind of caught up in the. A lot of people have said that they thought it was going to go for five minutes or less, and I was like, no, it definitely can't. So I was like kind of paying more attention to that, yeah. but it did feel a little bit not the smoothest, but I think maybe looking back, I still don't know what spot Karrion Cross got injured in. Um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I've still not went back to watching. I'm not sure I will. I'm hoping someone puts up a video and I can cheat a little bit and see, <laughs> see where that spot came from. But I did think it was a little bit, you know, maybe just, Again, maybe just in comparison to previous TakeOver main events that yeah. are for the title as well. Um, but I did like the event overall. I then watched AEW the next day because it was a little bit late here. Um, <laughs> for me, I saw a lot of mixed reactions on Private Party FTR, but for me, that was the match of the night. I really liked it. Yeah, uh, And I'm going to be controversial here. I really hated Cody Rhodes v. Brody Lee. Oh, here we go. But, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> But, well, I hated it bell to bell. Um, I think they kind of done an okay job of trying to give it a story of, you know, Cody has maybe overexerted himself and, and maybe he's spreading himself too thin. That was okay, but still it just wasn't quite right for me because of how Brody Lee's been booked so far. Yeah. Um, I think it's getting better, but because of the way he's been booked so far, it was not great. However, everything that happened after the bell was fantastic. Yep. Everything was that great. Happened, yeah. Absolutely no complaints on everything <laughs> that happened after the bell. And that's the kind of thing that for me would probably be the turning point for me to watch AEW over NXT as something like that happening at the end of an episode. That is a proper hook. And that's something that I think, I know more people are watching AEW right now anyway, but that's something I think would maybe shift the pendulum so yeah. I really liked that. I thought both those shows were solid. 
but for me, SummerSlam is one of the best shows I've seen this year. Um, right? I, I thought the same was, thing. It was, I was so like, good. This is blowing me away. Yeah. yeah. No. That... Every match. Um, and it was even the, there was a, a time, and, and I can't remember how far it was into the pay per view, but where we got the Sasha Asuka match. We got the uh, Drew Orton match and the Rey Myst- oh, sorry, Dominic Mysterio, Seth Rollins match. And those three matches were all incredible. And to get those one, other, one after the other and not feel tired during any of them, yeah. it was like, man, this is great. So I, I really liked it. And the only slightly annoying thing, I didn't find out, you know, in terms of insider information, I'm not someone that finds out things, you know, every single day. I'll find out stuff sporadically across, you know, sure. maybe three <laughs> times in one week and then nothing for about a month and then I'll find out another thing. Yeah. I did find out about the Roman Reigns thing. Um, oh, wow. I found okay. that out, yeah. Uh, 9 p.m. UK time. So that would have been three hours before the pay-per-view started. I made a decision not to report on it. Another person that I know who is a reporter who I won't name also knew about it and didn't report on it. The general consensus was no one wants to know that spoiler. Right. If you put that spoiler yeah. in, you're going to get more people disliking you than you are liking you. <laughs> Absolutely. So for me, obviously the end, because I knew it was coming, it was a little bit, you know, not as hard hitting as it should be. But I thought the end was perfect. I really liked it. And I just thought it was an, an absolutely brilliant weekend of wrestling. And maybe tonight suffered from that ever so slightly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a high bar that they set over the weekend. And, and, and hold 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 that thought on Roman because I do want to ask you about that. I do want to ask you about this because Raw just ended, so we're recording minutes after Raw just ended. Um, Gary's being so nice with this time. It's like four a.m. over there in the UK, and he's a champ and he's awake. But Retribution went off the air on Raw. They went. They left the show standing tall. Jeremy and I talked about this, and we can't we can't really lock down our guesses. Like it, it, they're they're all over the place. So for you, do you have any predictions of who's in this group? Because it, it seems to fluctuate every week in terms of like their height, their size, and and everything else. Like we, I think we figured the first group that we saw in the hoods and in the all black wasn't going to be who is revealed once they pull the masks off. But I think they're starting to come to shape in terms of who they are. So do you have any guesses about about who those might be? People will hate this answer, but I am not sure WWE even know who are under those hoods. <laughs> Same uh, with us. I was worry. just wondering. <laughs> I wanted a third opinion. Yeah, that, that's the worry because um, the two that I always go back to are really recent storylines. Um, and this goes to, you know, Seth Rollins recently said something about WWE fans not having patience for a long-term storytelling. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I agree with that point, but I think he misses out a huge chunk where maybe it's because of the long-term storylines that haven't paid off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I normally go back to that. And for me, the, the comparison is, you know, the hacker storyline and then the Eric Rowan spider sure. storyline. Yeah. yeah. Those both fill me with dread when it comes to retribution because this is something that, you know, I should love. I love invasion yeah. storylines. I love when there's mystery. That's what this is. I love, you know, when people are causing havoc because that's what we all want to see. But for me, just something didn't quite hit. And I think it was the fact that, you know, the first few weeks, it wasn't booked the strongest, but we were also seeing variations in who was under the mask. And subconsciously, <laughs> yeah. I was maybe thinking, yeah, this might not go anywhere. 
I think it is starting to take shape now. Uh, we're starting to see them do a bit more, particularly on SmackDown and then Raw tonight. I still hate that WWE isn't showing video. Uh, sorry, is showing video packages. They shouldn't advertise a group who are meant to be taking down the company from the inside. Um, <laughs> but for, for me, um, I've went a long-winded way of saying it. For me, um, I'm not sure we'll ever find out who the actual group is. I think we'll find out who the leader is. And for me, I'm still, and this is probably my heart ruling my head on this one, I still think Mustafa Ali is the way to go with it. I think oh. he would he, and yeah, like and it's only that. because I think oh yes. you know I always thought he was the hacker and that was a really obvious one because of the glove. So maybe I'm going from that, but just the way he speaks both online and on Raw Talk several weeks ago, he speaks a lot about real oh. life issues. He's someone we can all identify with. I think he is the person that should be the leader because the opinion that a lot of people have and I still, I think this has changed and people don't let WWE change, but the opinion a lot of people have of WWE is still that they're kind of maybe racially insensitive sometimes. Sure. And, and yeah. you know, the sexism thing also comes into it. But I think that's also people not letting WWE grow. But if they were so self-aware that they were to have Mustafa Ali, who's someone everyone heralds for being, you know, the man who will speak out about anything, that would be genius for me. So maybe it's the heart rolling the head, but I'm going to hold on to hope oh, that I, that's the, the way we go. I like I, that I, a lot. I, I like, like it too. I, I mean, I was kind of like doing some investigative work with the photo. I took a f- screen grab of the, the last shot of Raw. And I'm like looking at their sizes, trying to decide <laughs> who it is. And I know for a fact, Dominic Djokovic is in there because he yeah. is the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so clear. And then I saw people saying like the, the lady that was actually like screaming that you could hear was Mia Yim. And other people were saying Carmella's in there and Dio's in there. So, like, there's some sizable names. It's just I don't know when they're actually going to reveal. I was kind of hoping that they'd make Tommaso Ciampa the leader. I thought that would be yeah. a really cool way to introduce him to the main roster. But looks like he's staying on NXT. So, I mean, we'll see where that, where that goes. But, like, I'm just hoping that we get something soon because this angle really isn't doing it for me. And I, <laughs> I too, I like invasion angles. I like this kind of a story. But for this one, it's, just, it's falling flat basically every time they show up on screen. It's really kind of a disappointment. It's getting slightly stale, but that's one thing. You mentioned a lot of names there. There have been also um, last week on SmackDown, I think it was, or maybe the the chainsaw angle, there was a lot of stills that were Jesse Kamea, who's recently been on NXT, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, Santana Garrett. And then a couple of weeks before that, there was Vanessa Bourne and Chelsea Green. And I think tonight, I've not checked because I need to check and see. One man looked identical to Daniel Vito. Um, but for me, I'm not sure if he's got a full sleeve and this guy had his sleeves rolled up ever so slightly. <laughs> there was no tattoo. So I was like, oh, I'll need to check that one. But I've not checked the screenshot yet. That is something I've been doing as well. Though. <laughs> yeah. like, even if they're not members of the faction, I need to know who they are because it needs to be that thing where much like who we saw like flanking Triple H a few years ago at WrestleMania, just in case they main event WrestleMania and become WWE champion, you need to have that little bit of trivia to go. They were once uh, under a mask. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let's circle back to, to, to Roman going off the air on, on SummerSlam. Is he winning the title this weekend? I mean, it seems really quick that they're putting him in this triple threat match. It seems obvious to me that they're putting the belt on him because they need SmackDown ratings and he is going to be the ratings draw. And if they put the belt on him, does that destroy the Fiend's credibility? Again, this this may be heart-ruling head, um, but 
as soon as it happened, I thought, right, there's no way we're getting Roman v Fiend straight away. We're getting a triple threat match because yeah. he's yeah. attacked Broadish Roman. So there you go. There's reason to have all three in it. Uh, I think there is no doubt that Braun Strowman's taking the pinfall. Yeah. If, oh, yeah. If he doesn't, <laughs> yeah. I'll be shocked. <laughs> For me, I'm really hoping that they have Bray Wyatt pin or the Fiend pin Braun Strowman and then we go into a full program between Roman Reigns and the Fiend because I feel like, you know, while I've just criticised lack of long-term storytelling and payoffs never happening, that, I think, would be the right story to tell. While yeah. I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't grudge them bringing Roman Reigns back and putting the belt on him because he's a huge star. He's probably the biggest, you know, star in the company right now. Uh, but for me, I think that the angle to do it with is to have Reigns not be involved in the pinfall and then you just do a full program. Because I think from what we've seen, even just the most recent one with Braun Strowman, the amount of story you could tell with Roman Reigns and The Fiend in terms of having Firefly Funhouse segments and stuff like that, you'd be missing out a lot if you just bypassed it completely, I think. Yeah. And, and and The Fiend having the title and Reigns not as the story to tell, I would say, for that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I I mean, I, I am salivating over the Firefly Funhouses that we can get out of a Roman storyline here. I mean, Bray has just been on fire. He made do with Braun, who I... I'm not a huge fan of. I think he is just kind of falling flat every time he's on the screen. So the fact that he can get a lot out of Braun just shows me that when he has an A-plus player on the other side, like a Roman, I mean, this could go to the moon. And I mean, this could possibly, like if they want to do it long-term, maybe this is your main event for WrestleMania. Yeah, I think, I, I keep saying it, but I think it says a lot for Bray Wyatt that he's, the two best uh, characters in WWE right now. <laughs> he's not even the best character. He's the two best right. characters in WWE. <laughs> That's a great call. And also, a Roman Fiend feud. I Again, like, Braun found him pretty easily in the back, apparently, in the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. Roman might, like, he might just come through the wall and just, like, spear him <laughs> through the wall, which would be absolutely incredible. So I'm, I'm all for a, uh, a Roman Fiend feud. Hope, I'm hoping that happens if, you know, Fiend pins... Braun on Sunday, which is, uh, I, th- I think we we discussed that uh, on yesterday's show, and I would love love to see that to see just a one on one feud there. We're gonna take a quick break from this amazing chat with the legend himself, Gary Cassidy, to talk about our friends over at TheraOne CBD. Jay, tell them what they're all about. Sure, from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wersland, TheraBody exists to prove, provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help you soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary TheraGun percussive three, uh, therapy device when J- Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their product four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for target relief, and sleep tincture to drift off into a deep night's sleep. God, I need that. I haven't slept for ages. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, 
TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. There we go. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely going to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire. But only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com. That's T H E R A G U N.com slash blue wire. Get that buy one, get one free. That's a hell of a deal for CBD products. That shit's expensive. Anything for free is always, always good. We're also going to BOGO. There you go. BOGO Bogo is always a go. Uh, We're also going to take a break here (laughs) for a friend, for a word. (laughs) You're a jackass. (laughs) We're going to take another break here. To talk about our friends over at Sunday Ticket and Direct TV. Sundays are coming back to the NFL and in the NFL with NFL Sunday TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday TV and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, let's get back to Gary Cassidy. Shifting gears real quick here, Gary. Keith Lee made his Raw debut tonight after a very, very successful run in NXT. He uh, he interrupted Randy Orton's promo, and he's now facing him uh, this Sunday at Payback. Uh, you tweeted something about Keith Lee tonight that I thought was both beautifully written and also insanely accurate. You said he was a gazelle in the body of a rhino because of the equal <laughs> amount of power and agility. Uh, you also talked about his his promo style, which which I also focused in on tonight, and I think I was just more in on it tonight because of of his debut. And you know, in NXT, it was like I think I was so f- honed in on the fact that he was so much bigger than everyone; like it was just so staggering. But tonight, his mic skills came to the front, and uh, the, the the cadence of his delivery to me is almost like Shakespearean, which I love. Like there's just this this rhythm to it, which like sucks me in. I don't know if like you both feel that way as well, but um, Gary, you described his promo style as, as as unique and eloquent yet arrogant. And and that that that's fantastic. For, from people you've talked to or just, you know, looking from the outside, how long is it until Keith Lee is WWE champion? I think it says a lot that the the two people we've seen him in, or sorry, three people we've seen him in the ring with for prolonged periods of time before Randy Orton were Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, those are all people that have held the title that uh, that he could be going for, or one of the two titles, I guess we should say. Right. Um, it would be more likely WWE Championship because he's on Raw right now. Right. Of course, <laughs> a draft is maybe around the corner, who knows if they'd shift him so quickly. For me, I know that he's someone, and I think this is obvious from on screen as well. I'm not giving away any huge secrets by saying he's someone that WWE really like. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know, he's had so much TV time. The, the only person to ever hold the, the NXT Championship and NXT North American Championship at the same time. The one thing that kept coming up over the weekend, social media, everyone's saying, you know, oh, well, they didn't give him a long reign. 
and I'm like, I think that was by design. Yeah. Because I always thought that when he won the title, it was for two reasons, or the titles, it was for two reasons. The first one was obviously to pop a rating. Like, sure. <laughs> of course, that's that's the way <laughs> yeah. you put a title change on TV. Um, the second one, I was always determined that the reason he won those titles was purely because when he went to the main roster very shortly, that they could say former NXT champion or the only man to have held both NXT singles championships. Right. So I always thought that he was main roster bound this year. Um, and obviously it's, it's getting to quite late in the year, but I always thought it was coming. For me, I'm not sure how, you know, from what we've seen tonight, I'm not sure if they're going to completely go with him translating to, to, to again, main roster. I always put it in inverted quotes just for you know, transparency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but for me, I think I was really hopeful from everything I've watched and everything that I've heard, every conversation that's been had. I've always thought, you know, he's going to go to the main roster. And it's always sink or swim, but I always thought he was going to be definitely swimming and put into, thrust into the line like straight away, going to be put into a big feud. On paper, that's what's happened. So that's like if i if i note down that i'm like well that has happened he, he got the randy orton match he's going to face randy orton at payback he got the big build you know the, the SummerSlam vignette there's a few little things that are worrying though that aren't on paper there um the intro start, change in the in the club in the gear <laughs> those would be the two major ones <laughs> I, i'm sick over the change in the intro music just absolutely sick about it can't believe it it took me a little while to realize because, I, you know, obviously he's got that, the hook that comes in at first, you know, the the um, the sound effect that yeah. Yeah. you love and do really well that obviously gets the live pop. So that at first I was like, oh, and then <laughs> I, I kind of realized that something wasn't quite the same as what I'd heard two days ago. And it was like, <laughs> hmm. And then I realized that it sounded like a very generic uh, <laughs> creator wrestler. Yeah, kid. yeah. The one thing I'll say is that I know a lot of people criticize WWE for this, but they do listen and they do read what is said on Twitter, especially. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it changes. I'm not sure if they, you know, they are pretty stubborn, so I'm not sure if they would change it back to the NXT theme. But we've saw it with Apollo, especially recently, where they've tweaked the theme several times. Um, yeah. annoyingly they done it with Shelton Benjamin that was the worst one I don't know why they changed his old theme uh, in the first place but yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed that the annoying thing for me was the gear because I think someone like a Keith Lee you shouldn't be afraid to show their physique because yeah. like we mentioned the promo is so poetic in the way he speaks that it's it's an incredible juxtaposition to have someone that speaks like that but looks the way they do. Right. And also, even yes. in terms, I was going to say the way he wrestles, but that's a juxtaposition in itself because not only is he a big bruiser, but he is like a high flyer now. <laughs> I look yeah, the yeah. door as well. <laughs> um, so for me, I think it's really annoying that, you know, they put a top on him for a start because I think showing off the physique does wonders for him. Oddly, they went the opposite direction with Otis recently and they're showing more of his midriff. But I, I think that might be more of a, a rib on the fact that, you know, he eats a lot of food on screen um, rather than them showing the, showing the fact that you can look different, be a wrestler. 
you can look slightly overweight and still have all the stamina in the world. You right. know, you don't need to look like this toned Adonis to be well, in shape. Keith Lee looks, he's thick, but he, you can actually see his abs. Like you can yeah. see that he's, <laughs> he's, he's got muscles there. So yeah, I was blown away by the fact that they put that skin tight top on him that didn't look appealing at all. And then they had the really the shorts. baggy shorts that almost looked like a kill. <laughs> so weird. Way. Like, it was so weird. It was just, it was really, really awkward. Uh, the main thing about the, the shorts is for almost the full match, I was watching going, there's a good chance we might have a wardrobe malfunction here because they're very <laughs> short and very wide at the yeah. bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, they were not appealing at all. Speaking of Otis, uh, and we talked about this on the on our, our show last night, it seems like the WWE has completely forgotten that he even has the Money in the Bank briefcase. <laughs> like, I was, I actually threw out the possibility, like, can he just give it to Mandy? Because I feel like it makes more sense for him to gift it to Mandy and have her cash it in versus him cash it in because he's not involved in any of these storylines. It would feel really forced and does it, it wouldn't just it wouldn't work like anybody else, like anyone else would uh, cash in the money in the bank. So, do you think they just kind of like forget about it? Like, where do you think they're going with this Otis storyline? Because it's really, really out there in terms of what he's going to do with this money in the bank. So up until tonight, I had a different opinion on this, but I'll tell you what I think is going to happen now. And this has just came to my head, literally, as you've said that, is maybe we get Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt fighting out of the arena and Braun Strowman get cashed in on at the weekend. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because yes. the best swerve ever would be to take the title out of that rivalry and put it on notice. Oh Up until my. tonight, I was really worried. Um, I'm now going to stick with that as my prediction, but up until <laughs> tonight, I was really worried because I thought, you know, if you have to cash in on the fiend, even if he's against another opponent, you know that opponent could be it could be the fiend versus Bo Dallas, who which it's very unlikely that would happen. But it could be that, and I'd still be like, well, it would be difficult for Otis to cash in and pin Bo Dallas in that situation because the fiend is still there. Um, so I was like, I think he might actually be the first person to ever cash in on the tag team championships or on the intercontinental championship. My other thing was this weekend, I actually thought both when it was a hair v hair match and when it was a match, you know, loser leaves WWE, I was like, he's going to sacrifice the case to either save Mandy's hair or Mandy's job or something like that. Interesting. I keep, just because the way they've, you know, I feel like they kind of, they booked the Otis thing on a bit of a whim, on a bit of an impulse without sure. really knowing where they were going with it. Again, the theme of <laughs> what we've seen recently. Um, but I think that's maybe still been the case. But if they if they do this well and have him pin Braun Strowman, then I'm all for that. Uh, go for that. <laughs> take take the belt away from Reigns and Wyatt. Just have them feuding on their own. They don't, yeah, they don't they don't need a title. <laughs> they don't need yeah. it. Oh, I love that swerve. I'm I'm now hoping and praying that that's what happens. <laughs> Screw Roman winning the title. Let's give it to Otis. Um, that that's that's fantastic. Uh, something I wanted to ask you was so you're used to wrestling fans just trolling you in your dms you you posted some amazing ones uh we, we we've had a few as well they, they claim like we only talk of wwe and 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 they can't do anything wrong which couldn't be further from the truth like we we probably criticize them probably too much and we had kind of had to scale back more towards the positive uh which is fine but let's talk a little AEW just to uh yeah. just to uh just appease to appease <laughs> the haters um my so my question to you is Will you be chugging a large mimosa 
while watching Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy during their, and I want to say this correctly, Mimosa Mayhem match. Get your thoughts immediately. I won't lie. I don't like the name. <laughs> you don't like alliteration, sure Gary? What is, what's up? Well, alliteration is one of the main things I hate about <laughs> WWE because they do it with every nickname ever. That's um, fair. That's but, a fair point. That's a great point. Yeah, while I dislike the, the name, a lot of people are like throwing the criticism at, oh, well, you know, they promised they would be this more wrestling company, this sports-centric company. Man, you need some entertainment in there. Otherwise, you might as well watch New Japan, which I love New Japan, but that is that that's kind of holding down the the sports centric wrestling realm forever. Uh, if you if AEW, I think always had to be something that had entertainment, and not to mention the people that are in the match. If you've got Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy on your roster, why would you go for sports centric feeling stuff anyway? You mm-hmm. would of course have some kind of entertainment. While I hate the name. I like that it's different. I like that it's definitely something different. It's a stipulation we've never seen before. And I think if anyone can carry it off, of course it's Chris Jericho. And and Orange Cassidy has kind of shown over the last year that he is pretty capable of doing something out of the blue as well. So I think while it's not the thing that I'm most excited for, for All Out, I think it's something that I mentioned this a lot when it comes to WWE's cinematic matches and particularly the eye for an eye match if it's something that's so different and we don't know what to expect that's how you get people to tune in because people are going to tune in either because they want to love it they want to hate it or they have no idea what it is (laughs) so so it's definitely one that will get people watching definitely speaking of all out do you think it's time for for mjf to win the belt off of of moxley here 100 percent um yeah there we go so this is this is where I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Um, my one criticism of AEW so far has been that, and this I'll compare to Impact because I, I watch Impact quite often as well. Impact take former WWE stars and kind of help them get over the people that have been loyal to the company. And I know that AEW as a kind of new company anyway, so the loyalty is kind of with both sets. But for me, the fact that every singles champion, apart from Brian Cage, I guess, who isn't recognized as a champion by the company, officially <laughs> yeah. in KFA, yeah. um, every every other star has been a, an ex-WWE star. And I get that Brody Lee obviously wasn't used right, and they are using him you know, a bit better than he, than he was used there. My, my hypocrisy comes here. <laughs> so when it was the first ever AEW championship crowning I was determined Adam Hangman Page shouldn't be champion Jericho needed to hold the title for the sake of Jericho for the sake of the company for the sake of everything sure. I felt like if Hangman held that belt I think AEW wouldn't be where it is today and that's no slight on Hangman because I also say if Hangman held that belt Hangman wouldn't be as good as he is today Right. I think he's became a lot better by not holding the belt. AEW has became a lot better with Jericho holding the belt. That's a great point. But I think now, and this was shown when there wasn't competition. I know there was NBA and stuff on. That's something I'm not too familiar with being over <laughs> on this side of the pond. But I know it, it happened. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that NXT was in wrestling terms unopposed and didn't draw a million viewers, they still drew a very good number. But the fact they didn't, 
you know, consume the whole the whole wrestling audience. It shows that AEW has established itself, and I think we know that anyway from looking at Twitter. You know, it's established itself right. as an entity. They can now put the belt on whoever, and the fact that if they put it on MGF, the possibilities are endless for who they have challenging them. You know, even if you just had Mox challenging them again, I think MGF is such a hot talent just now. They've managed to do the right thing while not having them wrestle too much, having mm-hmm. cut promos and be incredible with the promos. When he has wrestled, he's been impressive. I think putting the title on him, it would be stupid not to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's how far I would go. Yeah, I feel like they need that that heel champion. Like they they had it with Jericho for a while. Jericho's a really great heel champ, but now that they've had the baby face and Mox hasn't been there as n- enough because of everything going on in the world. But yeah, I, I think getting that heel champion again and allowing MJF to just kind of like do his thing would be great and see how he can kind of carry the company going forward because he's an incredible talent <clears throat> excuse me and his promos are second to none he's phenomenal yeah i think that's the one thing that i always say i'm i'm really kind of i don't know if this is old school or if it's just kind of me having a personal thought but i'm always the kind of guy that loves the heel holding the belt and the baby yeah. face chasing because i always i think it's like a film when you've got the like the storylines, the beginning, middle, and the end, and the end is usually the babyface winning the title. But after that, the sequel is never as good as the first film. So you either need to turn the babyface heel, yeah. in which case, if you do that, you just get back into that same old loop and that happens every time. I think putting the belt on the heel and having the face chase is always the way to go. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Gary, we'll get you out of here on, on this question. Um, UK journalists in general and yourself included especially i feel like have you guys are just doing such a great job just with wrestling journalism and and, and, you know interviewing uh guys and girls left and right and is is there a reason why like the major wrestling promotions love you guys more than us here in the states because i feel like every time i'm on twitter and i'm like i'm just i check your feed or alex mccarthy or louis dangor you guys are like talking to the top guys and girls in every company and it's like yes the ryan satins of the world the sean ross saps of the world like on our side uh we'll get those guys and girls but it just seems like and maybe this is just me from the outside you guys get them more and is there something you're doing is are you guys is, is there a deal you guys have like i just i'm just curious like how you establish those relationships with people who are on the other side of the pond essentially yeah, um, I do agree with that, um, but I'll go into it in a second. What I will say firstly is thank you for saying that UK <laughs> journalists are, are having this big presence. I'm not sure I can speak for everyone, but I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying that. Sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah um, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's just a trade-off because they realise we're staying up to 4 a.m. every week. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think it's that. Um, so it's a bit of an odd one. I'll try not ramble too much here. Um, sure, yeah. But no. I think... Cool. I'll I'll hopefully just cut me off if I start talking nonsense. Please, Um, no, no, you're good. Yeah. Well, the way it started um, for me was so I I started just kind of writing articles um, maybe about three years ago almost now. Um, I did study journalism and stuff like that. I wrote a lot about music, but then I took a load of time off doing, you know, kind of regular jobs. I still do a kind of regular job, like I do subtitling for TV, but I was like, I really want to get back into writing creatively. So I wrote like an article, ended up getting an interview because I'd wrote an article based on someone else's interview. 
and they're like, hey man, anything I can do for you. You're like, right. People say that, it never comes to anything. I ended up, my first ever interview was DDP. And after that, I was like, right, if it doesn't go any further, I've interviewed DDP. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> um, never going to complain at that. <laughs> but it, it sparked a kind of thing in me where like, for a time, interviews was all I wanted to do. I didn't even care about the other aspects of journalism. It was just, if I get to chat to wrestlers, cool. Right. So I started firing out emails everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Sent them to all the major promotions um, and sent them to a load of wrestlers because I'm like, well, the worst that happens is I either get a no or I get a no reply. But if I don't send the message, I'm going to get the equivalent to one of them anyway. So uh, I think I emailed WWE, um, the American team, and I didn't get a reply. And then I, I do that thing where I'm like, you know, persistence, as long as you're not emailing every day. It's fine. So I emailed again three months later and I was just very lucky where Dan Humphreys, who is the head of the US WWE relations, was like, well, I will forward you over to our UK team. So this is where it kind of links up. Got it. The, the UK team, I, I don't know how long the UK team has been a thing, but I done my first ever WWE interview with NXT UK and that was in April. And then I didn't do a great deal with WWE until it got to close to the end of the year. And the significance of that is that's when WWE's deal got renegotiated between two broadcasters here. First time in 30 years, Sky switched to BT Sport and BT Sport were putting everything into this big launch. So it's partly that, but the kind of, the thing is the UK media, it falls under the same bracket as international media but there's not a great deal of international outlets. So whenever we do even the biggest of conference calls, you'll normally find maybe one French outlet, one Italian outlet, uh, one Indian outlet, and, and Sportskida, who I write for, are, or they were predominantly an Indian outlet. Now they are kind of a bit of everything um, because everyone's based everywhere in the current right. world we live in where you can just work from anywhere. But I think it's mainly that where the UK bit is such a big part of the international um, grouping where it does make it easier for us to get you know the lion's share of what comes internationally and I think in, in kind of contrast to that in the US you know the US is probably bigger in terms of how many people are there how many journalists are there than all of those international markets combined and the US of course also has the problem where the US media that most companies deal with won't just be sports outlets and it right. won't just be entertainment outlets it'll be every local newspaper and every local <laughs> yeah. radio mm-hmm. station ever and there's a lot of yes. them yeah. i know you guys will know that <laughs> um, so i think it is a saturation thing i think there's not a great deal of us and there's a great deal about you know or, you know of you guys and then it's kind of amplified when you go on Twitter because on Twitter, everyone's on an equal footing because there's no geographical boundary there. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's just that maybe you see more of the UK guys um, alongside the US guys. So that's probably a bit of a non-answer there. No, <laughs> but that, it's, that it's was the great. way that I, I've always thought it kind of works out where I'm like, yeah, it might be that. But I think it's also a huge coincidence that it's just, you know, I've turned up at a time when Alex McCarthy's been doing this for a long time but he's suddenly just boomed this year on Twitter and 
you know, getting the recognition he deserves. So like Absolutely. 100%, I think even not actually getting the recognition he deserves, but going a little bit some way into getting to maybe the point where he gets that recognition. And Louis Danger is like a 19-year-old guy who obviously <laughs> hasn't been writing wrestling for long, but he's just came along at that exact same time as well. And it's, it's a, a kind of, I always say this, and I think this is the best thing to kind of um, to compare. And it's not too bad now, but when I first started in wrestling journalism, and I think a lot of people will have seen this on Twitter, but there was a lot of, and it was predominantly American journalists, but that was because the journalism field was predominantly made up of American journalists, but they were always bickering back and forward and always fighting about something. Whereas yeah. the UK scene, I think, it's not that we came together in any way, but we always kind of realised that, well, if we're all on the same conference calls and we're all kind of doing the same thing, then we might as well work as a team because otherwise we'll get the same news. And if you get the same news as everybody else, then it's just a race to the finish line. Whereas if you all have kind of different parts of news you get, you make it a collaborative thing, which I always say journalism is. Not everyone, you know, everyone can't know everything and, and someone definitely can't know everything. So I think it's more a collaborative thing and we were small enough as a, a team. I don't want to say a team because we don't work for the same outlets, but we're a kind of small enough group that we could do that and we could kind of hype each other up. And I'll always share like Alex McCarthy's stuff yeah. and he's quite good at sharing my stuff. So I think it is that, but that's becoming more of a general thing. And I think overall wrestling media, apart from one or two outlets, is becoming a friendlier place and a place where everyone does know that they can work together and and provide good content which yeah. is i think why everyone you know you're having people on your podcast as well so that's definitely what something yeah. <laughs> what something uh, like that definitely contributes to so apologies for the three hour long answer oh no that was, <laughs> no that 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 just kind of put everything into perspective because like sometimes i'll watch on twitter and i'm like man that's that's an amazing get and like you know, we would love to talk to these people, but it's, you're right. Yeah. It's just like, there are just more outlets out here. And I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it, like the local outlets who are probably like, who don't really care about it, but are asking anyway, because they may be in their town or like their pay-per-views in their city. Um, and yeah. so that kind of saturates the market in terms of asks and they, they got to prioritize like the people who are going to be on TV. And that makes so much sense. You, you just, you shined a light that I, that I wasn't <laughs> seeing earlier. I was just getting well, real... Well, I was getting real down on myself thing, for no responded emails. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's one thing on that. I'll say that, you know, for a start, like I wasn't there for as long, but I was definitely on that point where I was like, why are all these guys getting access? Yeah. When, you know, essentially I was doing the same kind of thing as them. If not, you know, working harder than some of them, but obviously not working as hard as everyone. I think that's a cliche when you say, oh, hard work doesn't get you anywhere sure. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always people that are working as hard as you, if not harder, that are getting the chances as well. But at the same time, there's always people not working as hard as you're getting the chances. But I was there. But the perfect example I can give you is a guy in America um, who is someone that, again, I would recommend you get on the show. Really great guy. I've done a, a few things with him. It's a guy called Rick Uccino. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. We're Twitter Twitter buddies. Yeah. Um, so he writes for Sportskeeda. Uh, but he used to do, uh, I think he's also an anchor for some kind of Cincinnati show. But right. He used to work for one of ESPN's affiliates in Cincinnati. And he was getting some interviews through, through them, but not so much. And then the show got cut. And Sportskeeda in America has notoriously never gotten interviews. You know, 
India did because there's not many Indian outlets, and the UK did because there's not many UK outlets. Yeah. And obviously, the, the kind of boom period happened with BT Sport. America, Sportskeeda was like the very bottom of the list. <laughs> yeah. They're never going to get anyone because also, you know, because we're getting interviews elsewhere, they're like, oh, why should we give the American sure. guys it? He recently made inroads with WWE and got, I think, his first or his second interview with them. Oh, sorry, I think it was his first one just through Sportskeeda in the US. So that, I think, is, is a kind of lesson of just keep sending emails. The worst that can happen is you don't get a reply. Or the very worst that can happen is you send like 365 emails in a year. <laughs> yeah. And the reply you get is stop messaging us, we're blocking you. And, you right. Know, <laughs> get, getting a restraining order put in. But as long as you're sensible about it, and, you know, maybe hey. one every two or three months, always yeah. send the emails. If you're on, if you get a restraining order, you're on the map. They know they know who you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, any chance if the world cures itself of, of what's going on right now, will you be at WrestleMania 37 if if possible? That was the plan. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, obviously. The favorite um, quote of wrestling journalists is always plans change. <laughs> they <laughs> sure, they yeah. most definitely have. Um, but for me, annoyingly, and again, another slight tangent, but it was going to be next year for me. I was definitely going to go because, you know, I've kind of started to make a wee bit of footing in the wrestling journalism right. world. But also the fact that personally, it's in a place called Inglewood. And one of my favorite bands is from Inglewood and they played their first go. ever show at Randy's Donut Shop and I wanted to go to Randy's Donut Shop. So WrestleMania was a side attraction for my donut shop for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, not quite. I, wa- I was like, you know, maybe next year is finally the time to do it. Um, but then the world got in the way. <laughs> so, yeah. so hopefully, hopefully um, everything kind of levels out and hopefully next year is the time. If not, then I guess WrestleMania 38 will do. <laughs> we're, we're we're hoping and praying on our end that 37 happens and that the world is okay because that's a that's a quick little couple hour drive for us yeah, it's like a five we, drive uh, for we we had to put in some requests with our significant others to be like we're going to this thing <laughs> we're gonna take a road trip well i then... told my i told my wife last year when they announced i was like so yeah i'm gonna be there for the entire week so <laughs> I'm gonna, be i'll prepared. be in la yeah i'll be <laughs> in i LA. like how um that's also a quick little five hour drive that's whenever anything happens in the uk it's never more than a one-hour flight away. <laughs> right. So that's yeah, yeah. for me to go from Glasgow to London. London's the very bottom, and that's where you know almost everything happens. Yeah. Um, it's one and a half hours on a flight. So, so that's maybe why us guys get off a lot easier than you guys. <laughs> a, a quick five-hour drive. <laughs> you know, California's big, so uh, we're just if, if it was anywhere within that radius, we we were going. Gary, it's late where you are. We want to get you to bed. Uh, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, we're, we're throwing it to you. Oh, tell the people where to find you on social. Uh, any, any work you got coming up? Podcasts? Uh, give us, give us the red carpet is out for you, my friend. What, what do you got going? <laughs> on next no thank you guys so much for having me on you know it's only 5am here we're okay i've stayed up <laughs> later than that SummerSlam was so good last night that i was awake for longer because i was so excited about it so <laughs> jacked don't up, worry yeah. about keeping me awake yeah um but not any time that you guys want me back on feel free to give me a shout more than happy to come on and chat wrestling anytime um but if anyone does want to find my work then the easiest way to do it is literally twitter everything's twitter nowadays Twitter is just Wrestling Gary. 
Um, annoyingly, someone with 20 followers has the Gary Cassidy handle. And I, oh, yet, come and I've, on. I've, I've, I've messaged them several times <laughs> trying to get it and it ain't happening. So I decided that Wrestling Gary was the next best thing because, you know, everyone can spell the word wrestling and Gary isn't too difficult to spell. G-A-R-Y. Um, so on there, I literally am always putting myself over because if you don't, no one else will. Absolutely. So I'm always retweeting my own interviews, even if they're from two years ago. <laughs> so if you follow me on there, you will see my interviews. That is one thing you'll definitely see. <laughs> there it is, man. You got to put you. That's like wrestling one-on-one. You got to put yourself over because no <laughs> one else will do it, but we're going to put you over. So everyone follow at, is it, it's at wrestling Gary. Wrestling right? Gary. Yeah. That's there the one. Is. You're, you're, you're doing wrestling Twitter wrong. If you're not following our guy, Gary Cassidy. Gary, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. That was, that was a lot of fun, and we'll definitely ask to have you back on. And whenever you're, uh, you're down for a little all-nighter, <laughs> we'll have you back on again. And we'll, we'll try to make it more, more friendly your time. We, uh, we, we could push you back a, a few <laughs> yeah, hours. We, so it's, yeah, we could do it. You, so you're seeing That's the sun a little good. bit. Yeah, and uh, thank you guys for um, putting me over and selling for me better than Shawn Michaels sold for uh, <laughs> uh, for Randy Orton a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> that's much appreciated. That, McIntyre that's... sold the shit out of that punt tonight. Yeah. Well, he also, yeah. he also got punted like nine times tonight. But no, Shawn Michaels yeah, you... just decided, I'm not selling this. And yeah, you, yeah. you kind of have to sell when it's uh, three punts. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Gary, thank you so much, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys, and have a great night. Thanks, you too. Cheers, guys. Bye. An amazing chat right there with our guy, Gary Cassidy from Sports Kita. Man, just dropping the knowledge. An amazing, amazing chat, man. We'll definitely have him on. Um, I'm glad he wasn't super jealous about having Alex McCarthy and Louis Danger on before him. And again, we were just trying to space it out because people started to come with the hate. Uh, but he was he was surprisingly awake for being it for it being 5 a.m. Oh, I would have been like half asleep. He did not take a sip of coffee until like the very end of the interview. And I was like, I'm sorry, we've kept you up much too long. Like I, It's like it's nine o'clock here and I want to have coffee now because I'm tired. Right. And why, like, I, yeah, I, I need uh, a cup of coffee just to stay away. So he Gary Cassidy, an absolute legend, now a friend, an official friend of the show. And uh, he he was absolutely incredible. By the way, should we come up with a name for our friends of the pod? Should they be called like? Are we calling our friends jabronis? But jabronis sometimes isn't. It's kind of a negative connotation, right? Just uh, just in the way that the Rock delivered it anyway, because the Rock is but in our, our Lord and in Savior. Our usage, we're we're it's jabronis is a welcoming term. Sure, because you and I are jabronis. We are the Correct. two jabronis. Correct. But so. Are so, so what you're saying is two jabronis of the wrestling podcast is not self-deprecating. It is, in fact, a term of empowerment. Correct. We're putting ourselves over. <laughs> sure. I'm down so with that. Are, are, are we calling people that come on the show fellow jabronis or are we calling jabrones? Ooh, jabrones? Oh, shorten it. I, I, I would like to. Well, let's do this. We'll, uh, when we promote the show tomorrow or today when you're listening to it. Um. We're gonna put a. We're gonna at everyone we've had on the show. And we're gonna ask. We'll do a little. We'll do a little poll. How about that? We'll let I, the people like and our illustrious guests decide what 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 they're called because we want to. We don't. We don't want to decide everything. You know. We 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 yeah. put out. We want to let the people decide, just like The Rock did, and sort of Christian. All right. Anyway, we are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we've we've got to get out of here. We we've talked a lot of wrestling in the past two days. And uh, I'm sure our wives are beyond thrilled 
about Mine that. Mine is looking at me right now, just yep, sta- staring daggers. So so sorry, but here we go. We're we'll, we'll get out of here on this. Uh, thank you so much for for joining the show. Thank you so much for listening in on our uh, SummerSlam recap show, and we will be back later this week. Uh, we're we're going to be recording on Thursday for a Friday morning release, so we'll end your week the right way, the two jabronis way. In the meantime, uh, keep staying home if you can. If you can't, wear a mask. And uh, if, if you're in California and you're dealing with these fires, please stay safe. Um, and then as always and forever, just had another reminder of this. And, and Jesus Christ, like I'll, I'll keep saying it until we all understand it. Black Lives Matter. All right, everyone. We will see you in a few days. Peace. Now word from our partners, Bet Online. Somebody say playoffs. 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 Yours is way way better than mine. <laughs> mine was pretty bad. Um, NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall. The Padres are winning this motherfucking World Series. Quote <laughs> me on that. And there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.